Welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane. And I'm Rick Gromlich. And Welcome back. we have Jimmy Alexander in the studio, back in, in Rick's studio. studio. Yep. It's and been a while we are in Rick's we had studio. Jimmy. Um, Jimmy now, was here months ago. Months ago. Did an episode on dispensationalism. Yep. Um, the faulty doctrine of dispensationalism that he holds to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you talking about we talked about dispensationalism, and at that time you were even talking a little bit about Lazarus Life Ministries and yep. your testimony and and what the Lord's doing there. So we're back. We are back. Mm. We are back. We have brought Jimmy back. Okay, so from we the are. That was a movie reference. We're a part of the Christ spot me back from. The oh, that's right. Yeah. Mm, nice. Yeah. If nice. Rob had a little more authority, a little mm. more anointing, he could have done it. A little more uh, apostolic like authority. Gifting. Yeah, mm. baby. So, we have a question here that we're going to do a little mailbag here, and this is from Justin Ray. Mm-hmm. Now, he sent this back in a April. Lot, yeah. Thanks. So, almost six months later. By the time this drops, it might be six months later. And he says this. He said, I'd like y'all's, and then he put in parentheses here, I'm from the South. Oh, well. Which, we say y'all. So, Justin, we're not from the South. I spent some time in Louisville, and everyone said y'all, so I kind of picked it up. Well, Louisville is the South. I know. I oh. said we're not from the South, okay. but I spent some time mm. in Louisville. Okay. So, I say y'all too, but... I've never, I've never been from the South or lived in the South, but I say y'all. Okay, there you go. So, all right. But maybe it started in the South. Moving so. forward. Justin, thank he you. He said, I'd like y'all's take on the NAR, which is the New Apostolic Reformation. It's a growing movement that's trying to creep into many churches. And then he closes it by saying, keep up the good work, guys. So... Thank you, Justin. And something funny about this is that Justin sent this in. I'm looking at his email, and it ends in BethelU.edu. Now, I looked look up, up BethelU, and it appears to be the one in Tennessee. So okay. it's not the Bethel, thankfully. I mean, he said he's from the South, so that makes sense. So let's start it like this. There's a great article on the New Apostolic Reformation. First off, Justin, great great question it took us a while to respond to it because we wanted to give it kind of an adequate rendering adequate response now there is a great article justin maybe you've already read this um, for those of you listening in that we would recommend it's by a ministry called got questions and if you just look up what is the new apostolic reformation they should be one of the first uh, results there and you know we'll just link it in the show notes so if you Mm -hmm. go to our website we'll put it on there but they do a really good job of covering it. And we're not going to do as great of a justice to covering it as this article does. But we're going to try to do a oh, we're gonna Oh, we're going to do better. Oh, we're going to do better. Better sure. than that. So I'm going to read the first paragraph of it because this is a good definition. And then Rick, Jimmy, I'm going to kind of let you guys riff from there. So the first paragraph says, The New Apostolic Reformation, or NAR, is an unbiblical religious movement that emphasizes experience over scripture, mysticism over doctrine, and modern-day, quote-unquote, apostles over the plain text of the Bible. Of particular distinction in the New Apostolic Reformation are the role and power of spiritual leaders and miracle workers, the reception of, quote-unquote, new revelations from God, an overemphasis on spiritual warfare, and a pursuit of of cultural and political control in society. 
the seeking of signs and wonders in the NAR is always accompanied by blatantly false doctrine. Whew. Whew. A little heavy. Strong. All right. Strong. All right. Tell us what you really think there, yeah. uh, got questions. How do you guys feel about the new apostolic reformation, got questions? Thank you. So, yeah. Yeah. with that definition in mind, Rick, <laughs> can Jimmy. You, can you read the definition one more time? Nope. <laughs> Rick, Jimmy, whoever wants to go first, I'll let you guys fight over it. How would you describe the new apostolic reformation? I would describe it as a large theological movement uh, throughout the world, really, um, especially here in America, that came from the Pentecostal and charismatic churches. Um, I think it's called a movement because it's not necessarily an organization. There's no membership, so it is a movement, so to say. Yeah, I think it's, in a lot of ways, it's the repackaging of the Word of Faith movement um, that we, we saw, and it's been popular, which... A very close sibling to that is the prosperity gospel movement. Um, but the word of faith has has this faulty doctrine about God's word and our ability to speak truth or speak things into existence or bind Satan, um, and it becomes very man centric. It's very uh, builds into like your own pride. So it's kind of a reshaping of that in a lot of ways. Um, it goes a step further in some ways than what they believe about apostles and prophets and what the future holds um but i'm gonna list off a few of the leaders of the new apostolic reformation um peter wagner see peter wagner was the guy who termed term or coined the term um new apostolic reformation he had tried multiple different terms and never stuck and so uh he used this term and him so peter wagner rick joiner kim clement uh don't know if people have heard of those. Uh, some big names are Todd White um, at a Gateway Church. I think it's also Bill Johnson at a Bethel Church. We was a part of this. Um, Catherine Coleman, um, but they have ties back even to like Benny Hinn. You know, Kenneth Copeland, who apparently has had a change of heart in Kenneth a lot of this Hagen. theology. Yeah, um, these Word of Faith guys, only back to Smith Wigglesworth. What's the guy's name? Wigglesworth. What? What Smith Wigglesworth. He was in England. Guy could and, wiggle. And well, funny thing is, he used to physically attack people. What? And and try to beat the the devil out of him. Stop it. No, I'm not kidding you. Like, how he, would he know that he was successful? I don't. Know. When the person stopped moving. Yeah. Um, he got some flack, obviously, for that. But but he like he was a guy who like influenced like Essek Kenyon and then Kenneth Hagen and Kenneth Copeland and we just connected all back to Word of Faith. But it's a lot of the apostolic new apostolic reformation is Word of Faith stuff repackaged. Rick, as you try to as you and Jimmy both mm. being a part of this church plant in Mount Vernon, yeah. Proclamation Church, um, as you guys try to combat some of the spiritual warfare, mm-hmm. I think one of the things that would be fruitful is if you began to physically attack people <laughs> and beat the devil out of them because devil's in you. I, I'm telling yeah. you, I yeah. I'm looking at Jimmy's arms and he could he yeah. could inflict some damage. Dude, he has a hard time getting out the door. That's the hard. I, I noticed like, that as he's walking in. He can't. Even, he has a hard time getting a shirt on. Like he can't, I can he tell. can't touch his elbows together. You know he can't do that. Stop it. He can barely get a fork into his mouth it's just like <laughs> it's funny the, the reality is we we have dealt with some variants of this in our in, already in our church plant okay so wait a second wait a second you're saying some variants of the new apostolic reformation or people beating people <laughs> no <laughs> the, the new apostolic reformation okay just to clarify yeah and beating people no um 
I mean, sometimes it seems like they want to beat us. <laughs> but but and, and that points to the fact that this doctrine permeates so many places that people who would consider themselves um, squarely orthodox evangelical Christians, and yet they're they're beginning to pick up on these teachings that on the outside look uh, a little more charismatic, a little more Pentecostal, um, but when you start to pull back the curtain, they're it's it's heresy yeah okay so let me ask you this it's called the new apostolic reformation why is it called new and why is it called apostolic great question um so (laughs) sorry so it's rob's never heard that before i never (laughs) thanks jimmy you bring this guy on a little more often so uh it's similar to um if you remember in the early 1900s when uh, the Pentecostal movement in America uh, began, they claimed that they had found, uh, refound um, a doctrine or a, a, a practice really that the church had lost. So and, is that from like the Azusa Street Revival? Yeah, okay. yeah, and it even goes a little bit before that. But okay. yeah, okay. yeah, it's they refound a doctrine that the church has been missing out for years on. And so in the same way, kind of. Um, what the NAR claims is that they've refound church offices that the church has neglected for so many years. And so these offices that have been neglected in most churches are capital A apostles and capital P prophets. Now distinguish when you say capital, why, why, why you're saying capital A and capital P. Yeah. It's like an office. Right, yeah. right. And so what they mean when they say uh, new apostolic reformation, they actually get it from, it's, it's kind of ironic, but they say from taking the bible literally okay so they they say that Which, they everyone like we're just going to go back to the bible right, like, everyone right. says that yeah. everyone but, says that but even still like taking the bible literally that's actually a terrible hermeneutic like in some instances sure it works but if that's your only rule yeah i mean what, what are you going to do with like the psalms where it talks about the sun coming out of his chambers and making his course through the sky like the sun doesn't move it's just poetic so but if you take that literally and then you find out the sun doesn't actually have a chamber you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. you can't just take the scriptures just literally. Mm-hmm. You have to understand the the literary context of a passage. So, already not a, not a terribly strong hermeneutic. Yeah. But keep going. Sorry, yeah, I, I digress. I if we did take it literally, I wouldn't have an eye or an arm. But yeah, right. <laughs> know, right? <laughs> I'd be dead. Yeah, I'd be dead. So, um, so what they do is they look at the Bible. They are reading through the Gospels. They're reading through Acts, and they notice that. The apostles are doing signs and wonders. Um, Paul is, is given the authority to, to strike people blind. Um, Peter has the authority to strike Ananias and Sapphira dead. And they look at all this, and they take it literal as in, where are these offices today? And why aren't, why aren't God's people, his church, performing these types of signs and wonders? And their answer to that is because there is no office or identification of those whom God has appointed today, capital A apostles or capital P prophets. Okay, so this reminds me, yeah, Rick, of an episode that we had, and I, maybe you remember the episode where we talked about John. We read John Frame's quote mm-hmm. on the Continu- God, God yeah. going from the extraordinary to the ordinary. Yeah, it's just that's been a pattern in Scripture of Him doing extraordinary events to lead to His people to the ordinary faithful obedience. Yep, um, and so like when they're asking why don't we have these today it almost seems like they're bypassing that like no we should always see extraordinary 
Is that yeah, something right? Yeah, so, so the value is put on the, the miracle. Not so much the miracle worker, like as or the source being what they would maybe say God, but it's just seeing something miraculous happen. So, it, you know, and, and we see the same thing in John chapter 4 when Jesus comes back after the woman at the well from Samaria comes back to Galilee. And they're all enamored, and they just want to see a miracle. Like, let's see you do something. And, like, that's all they care about. There's some guy whose son is sick, and he goes to Jesus, and, and he Jesus just rebukes them all and says, you know, you just want to see signs and wonders. And then, and then, but you won't even believe after that. Yeah. Now he then heals the man's son, and then the man, the whole house, believe because what God has done. But these are people who are just after miraculous, quote unquote, signs, which just attribute the power to themselves. I mean, it's a very self, um, self-building, prideful, arrogant view, and it's 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 ironic because. For years, people look at the Mormon Church and they say, "Oh, we have the apostles," and you know, there's, and it's, and it's like, no, you don't. Obviously, you don't. Yeah. If you did, then yeah, sure, you can write whatever scripture you want because these are legit apostles. But we know that that did not continue on. Same way with the Catholic Church, right? The Pope is supposedly the lineage of Peter, right? Mm-hmm. He's he's the rock, and it's like, no, you're not. Like you're a man, just like everyone else. Yeah. And and but it's this small twisting of scripture over time, and you get you start to get way off. Well, they actually compare in this article the New Apostolic Reformation to the Mormon Church and to Jehovah's Witnesses, which there's there's a lot of interesting parallels. But so so a couple of things, and I would say that, and keep in mind, like these are people, you know, you know in John 18, Jesus says, um, he is his kingdom is not of this world. These are people who are about their kingdom here, this world kingdom, not Christ's kingdom. It's okay, a very, very different perspective. Explain that a little bit. What, yeah, so, so what, yeah, go ahead. Or just Jesus knew, like, his kingdom was eternal. His time on earth was was short, and he was fulfilling um, what was required to atone for the sin and for us to have a relationship with Christ. His kingdom was, was beyond that, though. These people are saying um, they want to see the, the kingdom, the, the power, quote-unquote, of resurrecting people from the dead and doing miracles. They want to see it on earth now. It's about it's about me walking out and touching someone and them being healed more than that person meeting Christ, dying to their, 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 dying to their flesh, following Christ day after day after day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I would e- I would even add to that that a- add to it yeah multiply oh, I, to it oh I will divide multiply. it <laughs> you left a lot out Rick you will you, de- you will definitely add to that there's a lot there <laughs> so so with this doctrine like uh, believing in capital A apostles capital P prophets um, comes a lot of kingdom now theology mm-hmm. and it even affects the way that they view the end times which most of them would be post millennial. Uh, but they, but in that, they believe that the, the apostles are also destined to be recipients of the great wealth transfer in the end times, which will then enable the church to establish God's kingdom on earth. And so I, I think it's called, they hold to um, dominionism. Dominion okay. theology, yeah. Dominion theology. Yep. You want to um, explain what that is a little bit? So it's, it's the view, um, and this is what a, a lot of post-millennials would hold to. Um, it's the view that, that as... Um, we're in the thousand-year reign, and, and, and the world will slowly become more and more like Christ. And culture, society will be, uh, more people will be saved, and it will become more holy, sanctified, you know, and sin will slowly be killed off. And, and, then, and then at that point, like, 
we as Christians will will have dominion over like the the court system, like all realms of society. Okay. Um, okay. So so it's it's akin to um, you know the theocracy somewhat that that was in the old covenant, right? That they are you are governed by religious rulers. Yeah. So so from so, but but there's just the difference is like we're not saying we're going to change they're not gonna, they're not saying we're going to change necessarily the institutions, but we'll just have them they'll be ran by Christians. Yeah. So it's one of the things that. Uh, this article mentioned was that one of the um, so that people folks in the new apostolic reformation put a heavy emphasis on government control yeah of trying to get their people in government for the sake of almost establishing a theocracy not in like a conspiracy kind of way i mean everyone wants their quote unquote their people right. in government to establish the ideal yeah. government in their minds and they would say reestablishing a theocracy yeah among yeah. other things I mean, it's it's one of those things where um if you if you believe that Jesus is God is sovereign, and He is doing His plan, then yes, we need to be obedient. Yes, we need to put people, um, godly people, in places of authority and all, all those things. But whether we do that or not, God will still, He'll still fulfill His His plan. Um, it's not up to us to bring about this thing. God will bring up bring it about on His timing and His terms, and He and He will do that, and He's proven to do that. Um, throughout all of uh, history. Yeah. So I, I, one other thing I just wanted to point also, in in Jude, the chapter, book of Jude, in verse 8 and 9, it talks about how um, people will throw off, like, become a, in the apostate. And here's what it says. In the same way, the people relying on their dreams defile their flesh, reject authority, and slander glorious ones. Yet when Michael, the archangel, was disputing with the devil in an argument about Moses' body, he did not dare utter a slanderous condemnation against him, but said, The Lord rebuke you. So there's a, there's a, there's a lot in these two verses. And the whole thing, like, what, why is the archangel talking to the devil about Moses' body? But all that aside, there's two things I really want to point out. One is that you, when you begin to listen to dreams— I'm not saying people can't maybe get a dream, but when you begin, that becomes your authority or your feeling, or I heard, I just heard a random word, and you don't and you don't test it with scripture, or you it's contrary to scripture, that will always steer you away into apostasy, and we see this with the with the NAR. I mean, their authority is not scripture; their authority is their dreams or whatever. I feel like the Lord told me, um, and then another thing with that whole like dominion and like. I like the idea that I can rebuke the devil, or we can we have dominion over that. Like the archangel Michael, like he didn't dare utter a slanderous condemnation against him, but said, "The Lord rebuke you." Yeah. Like he's the archangel, and he wasn't treading in those waters. Yeah, that's a great point. at all. <laughs> that's a, that's a great I mean, point. I mean, the pride it takes to to think that you can bind Satan. Yeah. So okay. So when it comes to this idea of um, apostles. Mm-hmm. And this new, like Jimmy, you were saying, the capital A apostle and capital P prophets, they're they're making the statement that apostles are back. Like, we're back, y'all. Here we go. We're ushering in this new. Uh, now the church can be uh, can fulfill its mission because we now have apostles, and we're experiencing uh, the way that the Lord was meant to work in the church now in ways that it hasn't been, happened for years. Why would we reject the idea of these like quote unquote 
capital A, apostles, having the same kind of authority as the apostles in Scripture? I would first say that the reason we reject it is... Uh, one, it creates uh, one. It, one of the huge dangers of it is it literally uh, undermines what the New Testament says about church structure. And so, what they say is that if this is true, that we have capital A apostles, that this means that church governments or governance, sorry, has no formal structure, but is rather relational and in alignment to the apostles. And so, these apostles, they would say, are over a network of churches or a church. And they have higher authority than elders, pastors, and they are to submit to this one apostle who's over the church. And so it's kind of the mosaic model, as many would call it, that this uh, this guy who God has specially empowered, the whole autonomous church is to submit to this one man, even yeah. the elders. And so that is a huge uh danger that I see and why I would reject it. Um, but I mean, there's multiple reasons, but... So I, I agree with you, but I want you to flesh it out just a little bit more because there are going to be some people who, flesh would, it out, Jim. who would read flesh it. the New Testament and would say, well, clearly Paul had authority over the Ephesian church and over the Philippian church and over the Gal like the church in Galatia. Like he wrote these letters to them, the church in Corinth. Like, does that not warrant this model today? Yeah, I, w I would take uh, Acts 1. Um, the qualifications for a capital A apostle, apostle. and those requirements were uh, one being with Jesus during his years of ministry. Um, two would be uh, seeing uh, the physical, literal resurrected Christ. In which, by the way, a lot of these capital A apostles claim um, trips to heaven, um, seeing angels, That's convenient. yeah, getting getting special revelation. Um, so you would have to have seen the risen Christ. The risen Christ, and been commissioned by Christ personally yeah. for the call of apostleship, in which um, people who claim to be capital A apostles today um, do not have that warrant. Yeah, to do exactly. That. This article lists those things right there, so I'm going to read it word for word, and you, you pretty much nailed it. It says, um, more to the point, the office of apostle requires traits that are impossible today. For example, true apostles must be personal eyewitnesses of the risen Christ. We see this in 1 Corinthians 9, 1 and 1 Corinthians 15, 7 through 8, specifically designated as apostles by Jesus, Galatians 1, 1, Acts 1, 2, Luke 6, 13, and already verified by miraculous signs, Matthew 10, 1, 2 Corinthians 12, 2, Acts 5, 12. So there are these distinctions that are required to be a capital A apostle that, as Jimmy, you pointed out, are impossible for someone to be today. Yep, I think so. I mean, yeah, you, you, you said it right there, Jimmy. I think that the other aspect you have to think about with this whole thing is what, like, what's the purpose? Like, big picture, what's the purpose of the New Apostolic Reformation? What's the purpose of the Word of Faith movement? What's the purpose of the Prosperity Gospel? What's the purpose of any um, thing, we like a, a heresy or even sometimes a cult that that kind of branches off of Christianity, but still say, "Oh, we're Christian, we're ortho we're Orthodox," because if you dig or you start to look, th the center of it is not Jesus Christ. It's not the reality of the gospel. It's not that we can glorify God by becoming more obedient to Him and being holy as He is holy, which is what He's called us to do. It's not seeing the bride learning to to die and hate sin, die to sin. And learning to, to follow after Christ. 
it's your glory or my glory or look what I can do or I can heal people. Yeah. I mean, Jesus walked the earth for around 33 years, mm-hmm. three years of public ministry-ish. I mean, there was a, a whole lot of people he did not heal Yeah. that he could have. He healed a ton of people, but there's a ton he didn't heal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, like, was that the, the point of his existence, to see people healed? No. But keep in mind... People like Todd White and Bill Johnson, they deny the deity of Jesus Christ. They do not think he is God. And what that means is that he cannot atone for your sin. Yeah. And it means is you're still guilty, and you have to pay the price for yeah, that. Yeah, which we talked about on our <clears throat> episode on the Confessions, yep. on what they say about Christ as mediator. If Christ is not 100% man, then he right. cannot represent man in the atonement. If he's not 100% God, then he cannot represent God in the atonement and so he has to be both in order for there to be uh, a reconciliation of both parties and, through and, him and one of the thing, one of the reasons they i mean it's convenient they, they deny the deity of christ and they say that he was a man that, that got the holy spirit and god worked in mightily and so it's kind of painting a picture that you not you too can be jesus but you too can function very much like jesus because yeah. he was a man and and it's i mean it's arianism all over again mm-hmm. right this this came out in early church history and it was dealt with yeah but that's like i was reading um in first john it talks about the antichrist right and and some ant, the antichrist will come and, and some already have come and those who are who are who deny the true identity of who jesus is yep and that's what this is what they're doing yep Okay, so let me let me that's ask you. En- that's encouraging. We're encouraged. <laughs> that's good. I'm glad you're encouraged. Um, let me let me ask you guys this. So, when it comes to this movement, yeah, the majority of people, true or false, who are actively participating in this movement would not recognize it. It's a broad brush, but I'd say most people probably don't recognize it. Yeah. Okay, why is that? I mean, because it it sounds similar. Like I said before, like. On the surface, it sounds just like a charismatic, more charismatic, you know, Pentecostal kind of environment. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people like there's a lot of doctrines around it that they would adhere to, but but I I think if you put it this way, do you follow the NAR? They would say no. Yeah. But then when you start to explain the doctrine, they would say yes, we believe that. There are special people more anointed, which is a huge uh, uh, big thing for them. A big thing yeah. for them. Yep. You, there's this spiritual ladder that you can climb, and there's almost people, like a hierarchy. There's a hierarchy. There's there's people with greater anointing. Um, there's those who have more of the spirit than than others. There's those who um, are are able to perform signs and wonders that, which would be the apostles and. So and we would push against that because we affirm the priesthood of all believers that yes. those who are in Christ have equal access to God. Yeah. There's not a hierarchy right. like a high priest or a priest that intercedes on your behalf. We all have access to God. Therefore, the priesthood of believers. There's not a uh, level one Christian, level two Christian, level up black belt yeah. Christian. Like there's not that. Yeah. And, w- and what I've seen with this with this movement too is I- I've got a lot of friends who. Um, hold to this doctrine and a lot of the fruit a proclamation yeah no no not a proclamation <laughs> not a proclamation rick's one of them no yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's really good stuff I'll tell yeah. you what you get rich off this stuff but but kind of just bouncing off what rick said earlier the, the fruit of this doctrine is they talk more about todd white mm-hmm. they talk more about bill johnson they talk more about mike biggle than they do about christ and because they they literally idolize these guys because they consider them 
apostles. Yeah. They consider them specially empowered, and you find that that they're really following them. They're not following Christ. Yeah. And and I just want to say, like, and and on the other side of the spectrum, I mean, this happens like this happens with Reformed people. I mean, they you know they they will sit down and they get all pumped about you know Calvin and Luther and Zwingli and MacArthur, right? <laughs> they do. <laughs> like it's like this is what they do. they they, yeah. they will quote those people quote them left and right, and then like for every you know tenth time you hear one of those names, you hear Jesus. Yeah. And and it, and it's subtle, and maybe they're not necessarily in heresy in practice, or or, or in thought. But in practice, they're still like almost elevating these people. Cause yeah, they, I mean, it they, might not even be heresy; just might be idolatry. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's just this elevating a person, or even um, ideas of people that maybe help clarify true things of Scripture above Scripture, above Christ. And it's it's dangerous. We all need to be guarding against that. Yeah. So I mean, in addition to what you guys even said, that like they this article makes the comparison between. Uh, the new apostolic reformation and jehovah's witness and mormons in that they use biblical language to go further than what the bible goes to justify some of the things that make that make it a distinctive um, different stream of thought well i'd push it a little further i mean call me controversial call um, me controversial but it has a lot of similarity with the catholic church okay flesh that out because that's yeah, a bold statement it is flesh it i out. mean you have a one person or a group of people saying like we we have a more direct line or a a, a more secure line to God, which would be exactly like the Mormon Church. We and, and uh, right for sure the Catholic. We, we believe um, that this one person has supreme authority or equal authority to Scripture, or what we see now is the Pope actually developing new yeah. Scripture, new authority, right, um, and then just controlling people with that. So the the Mormon Church, like that's a no brainer. The the Catholic Church, it's much difficult because there are a lot of really good true doctrines there, and there are genuine people in the Catholic Church who are regenerated and follow Christ. Mm-hmm. We talked about we did a whole episode on that, but um, just from a from a structural perspective and, and what they believe, like there's some similarities in how they've twisted Scripture um, to their own benefit, and they now lie in heresy. Okay, so Jimmy, you said you have several friends who Just have... that. Just several friends. Yeah. <laughs> you said you have several friends. All right, now How's Rick. How's that going for you? <laughs> um, that subscribe to this. So for those out there who are listening and think they do have some friends who might subscribe to this, what are some red flags when you're in a conversation with somebody that they start talking about either, I don't know, something religious, something spiritual, something about their faith to where a red flag goes up when, where you think, oh, this person may subscribe to the new apostolic reformation. Because like we said earlier, they, they're not necessarily going to say like, oh, yeah, I'm a part of the NAR. Like they're just, right. they may not realize they're <laughs> right. even a part of it. A so for those who are in conversations with people, not that we're like heresy hunters or anything like that, but this helps Ooh, there us. There could be a show there. Yeah. Mm. This, this heresy helps hunters. us love one another better to speak the truth in love. So when we're talking with others, what are some red flag statements that come up that would make you think this person might be a part of the NAR. So I see Rick playing footsie with you right yeah. there. I would also say, just real quick, it's a. I'm guessing what you're gonna say. It's it's broad brush, so just be careful. Like you don't lump everyone in it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Good, and good you, word. Thanks. Yeah. 
Yeah. So guys, don't get mad at us when yeah. Jimmy lumps everyone in there. <laughs> so confession time. I actually uh, came out of a similar variation of this. Praise um, God you came out of it. But but it, it was weird because the Lord like really um, red flagged me and just my... Talk about that. Well, um, I, when I came to faith, I came, uh, the Lord completely transformed my life, but the, the teaching that I received was Arminian, and it was uh, Word of Faith, kind of, okay. uh, just different variations of that. And I was a huge, huge fan of uh, Todd White, um, Bill Johnson, and so I, I just... So big proponents of this. I was, yeah. Some I followed, of the top guys. I, I listened to, to most of their sermons that yeah. you can find online. Um, I was really into it. So um, I will just share from a personal experience. Um as I began to read the word and my practice didn't line up with what, what the word emphasized. And I think the huge red flag for me was what is the gospel? What is the heart of it? What, what is the meat of the gospel? Is it glory? Is it, um, is it, is it signs and wonders? Is it my authority? Is it, um, what is the heart of it? And the, the heart of the gospel is, being with Jesus, being like Jesus, and his imputed righteousness to us. And, of course, there's a lot you can unpack there. For sure. There, there's a ton you can unpack there. But but that's really the heart of it, is is knowing Jesus. And, and a huge red flag is, I think, when people are chasing after things that might even be good things, but they're not, it's not the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, in conversation, like with my friends, um, I notice a lot of them, they're obsessed with everything but that. They won't talk about that. And when I head that direction, they'll just turn the direction towards signs, wonders, and authority, and speaking things into existence. And yeah. they believe that that is the gospel, that, mm. that it's all about the signs and wonders, it's all about the authority that we have. Um, and, and really, it, it's really about them. And that's kind of the heart behind it, is that it makes it about man, about what I can do, and look how special that God is using me instead of pointing to Christ and engaging in an intimate relationship with him. Yes, that's good. Boom. I mean, I, I just want to just double down on that. And um, we, just all of us, every person on planet Earth, we are prone to wander. We're prone to l- get distracted by shiny things, things that look good for a season, things that have the appearance of, but they are not the things of Christ. Yeah. Um, and so we constantly, all of us need to be um, examining our hearts and renewing our minds in the Lord. Yep. Gentlemen, any anything else that you want to throw in there that I didn't ask? Uh, well, we appreciate you guys listening to us. You can always check us out at simpletheology.org. Um, Rob is on the internet, don't, on don't, social media. You don't have to throw stop, my stuff out stop. there. There goes my notebook. Oh, no. um, he's on Twitter. I am Rob Kane. Uh, the great I am Rob Kane. Nope, that's not it. <laughs> no. Uh, what, what's your Twitter? It doesn't matter. Just Rob, Rob. follow us on Instagram. Simple oh, Theology Pod. Simple Theology Pod. Hashtag Check Simple Theology Pod for all across the social media platforms. Yep. Um, Check us out on Facebook. Simple obviously, Theology. you can you can ask whatever question you want on the request page, but Rob might not answer them because he. It's stunned by them, apparently. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we do appreciate you guys chiming in. I'm looking at the requests. We have a few more to, to catch up on, but I don't think we have had any in a while. Uh, yeah, maybe not. I don't know. So I don't. I don't stay on top of it like I should. Mm, that's all right. 
Appreciate you guys. Jimmy, thank you for visiting uh, the studio today and doing this wonderful episode on the new Apostolic Reformation. Just, uh, okay, like a legit plug, though. Jimmy is a part of he's starting Lazarus Life Ministries. And if you guys can go to was it LazarusLife.org? Mm-hmm. Yep. Go to LazarusLife.org. You can uh, check out that uh, and just be real honest because I'm asking for Jimmy. Um, the ministry just needs money. I mean, they're trying to buy a house. They're trying to get staff. And it's a phenomenal program. Check it out and give us money. That's all. Us or Lo- Lazarus Life? Well, as my brother, it's like, hmm. th- you can give me money. Are, are we getting like a kickback? Is that what this is? Is that what you're saying? Is that what you say us? 10%. <laughs> <laughs> no. Give, it, give, up, uh, give some money, though. All right, y'all. Yep. And then if you want to reach out to us via phone, you can leave us a voicemail at 614-233-1098. Oh, I got it. Nicely done. 614-233-1098. All right, that's it. Peace out, y'all. Bye. We do appreciate you guys, though. Peace out. Yeah, we do. Bye. Peace.